Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the About Last Night podcast. My name is Adam Ray. I'm Brad Williams. And on today's show, uh, we want to do a little intro because uh, it's, uh, sure. you know, every episode is special. Yeah. But uh, today's extra special. And not, and not just special because I park in the handicap placard. <laughs> not just that. Not, not, well, that any, not, yeah. not any special, but like, actually, this is kind of cool. I feel like we should start over. <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> we won't because we keep things in because we're raw. Yeah. And we live on the edge. Yeah. Today's guest is none other than Paul Feig, the director of the hit films Bridesmaids. 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 <laughs> I just had a stroke <laughs> where I drop consonants off of movies. Um, Bridesmaids, The Heat, currently out in theaters with Melissa McCarthy, Sandra Bullock. And some schmuck named Adam Ray's in that movie, you. too. <laughs> and um, he's on the show today, and we, God, man, it was, I mean, unbelievable. I asked him after the, when we finished filming in Boston over the summer, back at the uh, beginning of September, that I have this podcast that I do with a dwarf, and uh, and he's a Make-A-Wish, and it would be great <laughs> if you could come on. He asked me to see if you would do the podcast. As, I mean, as his, dying his, wish. his first choice was to motorboat Jessica Alba, but shortly after that was to have Paul Feig on his podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Paul, you know, he agreed to it, and I, 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 I he's a great dude, so I, I assumed it wasn't lip service, and and we um, talked about it again at the uh, premiere, and then at the DVD commentary, and and he uh, came on the show today. We talked about, you know, it's, the guy's directed every every hit comedy you love. Nurse Jackie, 30 Rock, the Arrested Development, The Office. Um, Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks he created. Yeah. Uh, the guy's a, uh, got books out. And just a great story to hear his upbringing, living as an only child next to a family of eight. Mm-hmm. Um, In the mean streets of Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Next to uh, Cecil Fielder <laughs> and uh, how he would steal his uh, Dunkaroos at lunch. <laughs> a little bastard. A little fat Fielder. And uh, so... Uh, but we talked about how he started stand-up, how him and I both were tour guides at Universal Studios. Yeah. It's a great conversation. Uh, it's hilarious. You get to see how quick this guy yeah. is. I mean, on top of it, he, he fit into our mold of just... Um, just having fun just and having doing, fun. doing quick jokes, and he's not just the director. Well, my film, well, my uh, artistic When we first hired Kristen Wiig, I, we <laughs> knew that we needed a funny man to go along with her, and I wanted the last, the last name of the man to be something I put on my sandwich, so we got John Hamm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although if he had done that, we would have been like, "This <laughs> is funny. super fucking interesting." <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, but uh, uh, a great, a great guy, and uh, who has a lot of stuff going on in Hollywood, a lot of stuff that we all know and love. And uh, we didn't uh, do our normal rap at the end of it to plug our stuff because the the conversation was just so fun yeah. and so fast. We had to end on a high note. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that right here, so you can fully enjoy our conversation with Paul Feig. So uh, if you're not already doing so, please follow me on Twitter at FunnyBrad, and you can go to my tour dates at BradWilliamsComedy.com. July 17th through the 27th, I'll be in Montreal doing the Montreal Comedy Festival, August 2nd through the 3rd at Hyenas in Fort Worth, Texas, and August 8th through the 11th, I'll be at the Improv in Kansas City, Missouri, 
enjoying all the fine barbecue that Kansas City has to offer. Adam, where wh- wh- what you doing, fool? Brad, I will be at the Bones Brewing yeah. Company in uh, Billings, Montana, July 19th, uh, 18th, 19th, and 20th. Um, I will also be at the Montreal Comedy Festival, July 24th through the 28th. Okay. Um, the shows are on my website, but also mm-hmm. just go to the uh, details uh, for the... Uh, I think it's hahaha.com. Of course it is. That's literally what it is. That's amazing. Yeah, that's the, uh, Mon- the Montreal Comedy Festival. I will be headlining the Punchline in San Francisco, one of the greatest clubs on the planet, Darn July right. 31st through August 3rd. Get your tickets. Uh, all those uh, links for the tickets are on my website, adamraytv.com. Uh, I will be at the Arlington Draft House in Washington, D.C. on August 23rd and 24th. And I'll be in New York um, August 16th through 21st doing a bunch of shows around town, headlining nice. the Levity Live Comedy Juice on that Wednesday, August 20th. Um, more go. dates piling up. Uh, just keep checking my site, adamraytv.com, and, uh, and, uh, and subscribe and download the podcast. And tell your friends. Tell your family. Please, tell them. And uh, for now, thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. And now, please, enjoy the About Last Night interview with Mr. Paul Feig. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Ah, is that too loud? And no, I can adjust. No, it's perfect. Sound good? Yeah, it's Guitar Center, baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> making it happen. <laughs> Paul I was saying this um, e- uh, to Brad even before, like when we were doing the DVD documentary uh, the other day. You, uh, you and I both like jokingly go into the radio DJ voice. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Did you? <laughs> is that? No, I think I do it because I deep down really want to be one still. Kind of, but like it's also you. I mean, you have a great voice for radio. First, thank of all. you, thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with Paul Feig here on KISW. Man, that's right. Let's go. Let's go news right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's so weird. Uh, as, as comics, we do radio interviews all the time. And I'm sure, obviously, you do a ton of radio interviews. And you'll, you, you'll just be talking with the guy off air. He's like, "Hey, how are you? Th- thanks for coming in. It's so yeah. nice to have you." All right, we're back in five four. WKTTI. We're here in the morning. Yeah. It's the morning madhouse, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Bells, whistles, a frog, ribbits for no reason. Like, like, they were so much more interesting during the break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you fall back on that? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, do, do you think it's as cheesy some of the um, the press uh, junket in, in, interviewers, like similar to like a, a stand up when they do morning radio when they're on the road? Uh, they're not as bad. It, it is. It is the radio guys for some reason. Well, now like in press junkets, it used to be you just saw. Like the dude from Entertainment Tonight and the New York Times and that. Now you get the guy from uh, moviesplooge.com. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, man, that's a great website. That is good. That yeah, is a good yeah. one. I, hope you're I love Movie Splooge. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know, yeah, the heat, not the heat coming got, in. The heat got a, I think, like some sort of like, that was like yeah, the yeah, highest yeah, yeah. rating you can yeah, get, I think. Two, Five two splooges. Stains on the wall. Two stains on the wall. Yeah. Two stalactites. <laughs> two stalactites. <laughs> yeah, we here at Movie Splooge give the heat two stalactites. Hang them low, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Woo! Well, that's I, I, honestly, I mean that—that's one odd thing. I, I like Junkins. I'll talk to anybody. I think it's really yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. But but the infuriating thing is Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like the reviewers that count. Yeah, 
And it's mm-hmm. like, is that like just a dude who decided I'm going to be a movie reviewer? And he sure. and he literally knocks me down below, yeah. uh, you know, a tomato to a splatter. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And and here's the thing: is we love uh, uh, Mark Ellis uh, is a friend of ours who oh, yeah. who has the schmoes no, and that was like that's our buddy who now. His reviews count, like on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Top like, reviewer. Yeah, like he's a top reviewer now, and even he's like, I don't know how I got here. Oh no! <laughs> no, we had that, we had a, a bridesmaids. Like we were at we were at a ninety, and then all of a sudden, which I was so proud, and then like it was a nice round yeah, nice yeah, number, yeah. and then suddenly we we're in eighty nine. It's like what happened? And it was like a week after we came out, and some guy, and I live in this town in mm-hmm. Toluca Lake. From the fucking Toluca Times, <laughs> the Toluca Times, who, and who, who like, had just finished reviewing the um, the uh, Gingerbread Man, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah the yeah, one at the Falcons the Theater. Yeah. But I mean, it's literally like it, you know, it, it's like a little thing that somebody prints up in their house. It's like seriously, he took us down. Yeah, so. well, and people and people take it somewhat into consideration because once it's printed, I think a lot of people don't take it upon themselves to figure out if it's like a yeah. legit source. They just go, oh, it's on the internet, it's real, it must be, yeah, it's from a site. Well, when, when I did. Uh, a little movie called Unaccompanied Minors. Yes. Oh, uh, which I just rewatched last night, and I want to talk about it. <laughs> wow, okay. All, you knock it a lot when you talk about it, but it, I love that movie, Well, thank man. you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to get it. Okay, you're good, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> and why wasn't I in it, man? I'm a fat, I was a fat kid when that shit was going on. All right. Exactly. So when, when you do that movie. Um, I just completely forgot. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, no, it's good. I no, actually had rather... Toluca Lake, the, the reviews, the, I said yeah, the sites. it's gone. It's totally gone. Jesus. Not because you got me so excited because you actually liked uh, Unaccompanied Minors. Yeah, He's yeah. like, I found one. <laughs> exactly. That, well, he, 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 here's the thing. It was Adam and one other guy who liked the movie. They had a Highlander fight to the death. Was that it? Yeah. He yeah. was like, there can be only one who oh, likes like, unaccompanied well, minors. Thank God the guy who liked yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's Adam. Uh, but, like, you're uh, – uh, I was looking over your resume today. Yeah, we should uh, – well, we, we like to start just by starting, like, the way we did. Oh, please but, yeah, do. but now let's do a proper introduction. Um, oh, yeah. Paul oh. Feig here uh, on the About Last Night podcast. Woo! Yes. Hey, thanks, everybody. Hey, yeah. We're coming back. Yeah, we're back. It's 95 degrees outside. Uh, let's go to Karen with traffic. The yes. afternoon zoo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Director of uh, arguably the two biggest comedy hits in the last, what, 20 years? Three years? Four years? <laughs> Something like that. Two years, actually. Two have been changed. You, you, you are like two for two. With like, I mean, it's uh, so nice. It's Bridesmaids. It's the heat. Uh, now, I, I just checked, is over $100 million. Yeah, yeah. We're so, actually we hit like 112 this week. Oh Hundred and twelve million dollars. Number one movie in uh, Australia. Is it really? We beat uh, Pacific Rim and Despicable Me Two. So what? Uh, yeah, because Australians hate kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they love Thank- ladies with guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, but he, he, here's my thing, Paul Feig. I I have a beef with you Please, because bring it on. Jesus. Adam Ray was my boy. He was my <laughs> undiscovered. He he he, 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 he was my garage band yeah. that I that I loved. It was like only I know about Adam Ray, and now you have brought him to the masses in a, uh, in a, in a hundred million dollar movie. Now he's going to be. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be banging a Kardashian soon. Yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean, you can't hold like, him down anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't hold him back. Yeah, yeah. He's like a, the, the light under the bushel. Yeah, yeah. Thank I, you. Yeah, I can't. I can't be his dwarf anchor anymore. <laughs> hey, would you want me to still be working at a theme park? <laughs> oh, is, is, now is that something we all three have in common? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. We're Brad all... worked at Disneyland. Oh, okay. So and you we're and alum. I, you we're and I were tour guides at Universal, Universal Studios. Yeah. You, oh, you got you, so you were a tour guide as well. Yeah. Oh my God. So I mean, 
that that's sort of like step one in performing, right? Like you can kind of, yeah, you know, I feel like it prepared me on a lot of levels for. I mean, it definitely is a nice because it's you know four one hour shows a day for a couple of oh, hundred totally. people. No, it was the best stand up training. I mean, yeah. I started doing stand up when I was fifteen, but I was lousy at it. And this <laughs> do you was like your when first I was, joke oh, or any God. joke you told. I remember a joke. It was about well, I, uh, it was so dumb when you're four, fifteen. All you're doing is emulating sure. other. Of course. So like I was doing like Johnny Carson punchline. Oh but that's awesome. At fifteen, even this so, so like so it's dumb. It's something it about was, like a uh, gust. really hot today. Yeah. <laughs> How hot was uh, it? Wow, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. It was like something about Godzilla's fighting somebody else, and when oh, and after when, after they finish the fight, one dies. How do they get rid of the body? And then it, my punchline was, I guess they drag it over to New Jersey, and nobody would know from the smell. And it's like <laughs> well, I live in Detroit. I've never been to New Jersey. In hey, my that life. still holds up. That's yeah. actually really funny. Exactly. Well, I could have killed though. I, I would have said drag it to Zug Island yeah. in Detroit. That would have killed. And oh, I didn't okay. have the wherewithal. To yeah. And, well, you were 15. You know, yeah, you started stand-up comedy at 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, I started at 19. I thought I was young. Ah, 15. Sweet. What do you like? Did, so your mom's driving you to the gigs? Yeah, my mom and dad had to take me, and it was at a place in downtown Detroit called the Delta Lady, which was a biker bar. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. crap. You this 15 year old kid to the biker bar with oh, like, yeah. guys with like Bubba tattoos going, make me laugh, funny boy. I'm telling you, totally. And uh, But my contemporaries at that time, when I went, uh, Dave Coulier was playing that. Awesome. Get out. Yeah. Cut it out. Cut it out guy yeah. was there. Please tell me he was doing cut it out. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was he, he, was, he was honing it. At that point, it was <laughs> cut it sideways. <laughs> cut like, it. Well, cut if you want to. I'm not going to force <laughs> you to do anything you don't want to do. I was like, Dave, here's what you got to do. It's got to be yeah, yeah. out. You got to be definitive. <laughs> now I got to go tell Godzilla. Joke. <laughs> Holy crap! So, so you, so you were there like with Dave Coulier <laughs> starting his yeah. stand up in in Detroit when you were fifteen. It was wild. I mean, it, I was. It, it was a show called Make Me Laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to come on, and that sort of started the whole. I think the stand up comedy craze. Yeah. And and Dave, uh, 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 Mike Binder was a regular on mm-hmm. there. He was a Detroit guy, so it kind of gave us all hope as right. Detroiters we could do it. Well, who were your like comedy? Because everybody wants to know for people you know in the comedy business, like who were your influences? Who made you laugh or like made you? Did you see one? movie or performance that made you go, oh, that's awesome. I wonder how I can get... Yeah, I mean, my, my heroes were... Steve Martin was like my yeah. all-time hero yeah, back yeah, there. there. I just, everything I did everything I did was kind of imitating him, but I was also a huge Carlin fan. Yeah. I would listen to his albums endlessly. What was it like when he when you first saw Carlin? I mean, was oh just... my god, it was. I saw Carlin more than I saw anybody else, and every single time I saw him, he, he, it was just unbelievable. The greatest time I saw it, it was in Detroit. It was it, it was right by my house, this little amphitheater that was a real kind of one-off place yeah. in a park. And he showed up, and he um, did, like, a three-hour set Wow, that was the most masterful thing. If I could have, like, taped that. Because, I mean, and it was also, you know, you know how you kind of learn how to, like, you know, ebb and flow and let him give, take the break. He went balls to the wall for three hours, Holy and the crap. place was rocking. Wow. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Just now, a master of words to him. He oh. didn't waste anything. Were, yeah. were, you, uh, were you, like, a fan of stand-up, and that's what got you into it? Or was there, like... Uh, but what made what made you think? I think I could do this. Uh, I mean, it, it was I always I liked stand up. I always listened to it. It was mm-hmm. it was honestly it was that make me laugh TV show because that was the first okay. time you saw. Because otherwise it was like when you see the Stones or, or like a rock band, you're like, oh, that's so cool. I could never do that. Right. <laughs> and yet when you're watching, like, there's Mike Binder and he's from our town and they're getting them to doing like a three minute chunks and it was kind of goofy. And then 
piggybacked onto that was with the way Steve Martin used to do it, which was more presentational. Sure. That, that seemed like I can get up and be goofy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and just, yeah, it all kind of came together. And did you have funny friends growing up? I heard you say uh, on an interview that you grew up next to a family of eight. Yes. And you were talking about, and it was genius how it was the best of both worlds because you had all these friends like yeah. like moments away so you could, you know, get your play on if you wanted to. Yep. Uh, as the kids say. And uh, <laughs> nobody Adam said that. Adam, right? Adam Ray's very yeah. hip. Yeah. I'm, like, wow, I'm making up Woo. kid sayings that Man. nobody uses. <laughs> My, that's right. why my books are you know, not selling. And I'm wearing a denim polo from a Gap. Um, I have five of them. Uh, but uh, but then you're saying you go home and you had your own bathroom, you had your own privacy. Oh yeah, it was the greatest. Yeah, yeah. they have yeah this whole resource of a whole family on one side, and then you got yeah your own bathroom on the other. Yeah, or at least shared with two parents. Of course, yeah, it was easy. So. Well, we're all still doing that. Yeah. Uh, but w- did you were they funny kids? Like were you friends? Because I feel like I definitely feel lucky that I had friends that not only like yeah. laughed at the stupid shit I would do and say and impersonate. You know, Ace Ventura on the bus, but like, uh, but they also made me laugh, and I think that's super important. Yeah, well, you know what it was? Since it was eight kids, I had a whole range of ages. So, like, my my oh, the awesome. oldest boy was a guy named Mike, who I'm still friends with. Um, who was Tyson? My yeah, he's yeah, a good oh, dude. he's great. He's really <laughs> no, good. He, he just did a show here. He put your wife made for two. He saw me in the hangover. You can hit me. I'll hit you. Whatever. Let's just hit each other. But Mike started out as my as my babysitter. And so, but we were only like four years apart. And then as I started to get a little older, then we became like best friends. So I had him and we were like a comedy aficionados, like Monty Python, SCTV, all that stuff and Warner Brothers cartoons. But then his sisters were all my kind of contemporaries. And so we were were more had fun making each other laugh with goofy stuff. And then we would all put on like haunted houses all the time. We put on shows in the garage. Awesome. Yeah, so you got a nice full range of sort of youthful goofiness and older aspirational. Of course. And then you always had an audience. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's how a lot of us start is we just, we make our friends laugh. We're just trying to, we're trying to entertain our friends, trying to entertain our parents. Yeah. And then that works and we go, hey, I I think I could do this. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, that's why I always like the the cafeteria, like that lunchtime around the table with your sure. friends. Was that was like Dude, ground zero? That's I mean. I exact same for me. Like that yeah. must be. I wonder if that's consistent with like people who got into comedy work because that is such a great um, uh, venue to because yeah. you, you have a built-in audience of at least five people sitting around you. Yeah, and like if if people are laughing from what you're doing, you're obviously surrounded by hundreds more kids. So people like flock over sure. to yeah. be like, hey, what's that and, the, and, and it prepares you well for stand up because if it's high school, the majority of the people in that room start off hating you. Yes, <laughs> and, and they have to build it up and like win them over, I like do, like do, like doing tricks and stuff and <laughs> making fun of the teachers. Uh, was there do you, was there a particular moment or a, a time when you were doing stand up when you thought like this is no longer a hobby, like this is what I'm gonna do or I'm funny or yeah? I mean, I, I knew really early on I wanted to do this. I don't know if I was funny or not. I mean, I made enough people laugh where I was like. I I think I'm okay. Yeah. And uh, isn't it funny too? You have to decide that for yourself. There's, you, oh, there's yeah, nobody totally. you can go to that goes, yeah, go try it. It's, no, you, you occasionally get like moments of like you're really funny yeah. or that kind of thing. I mean, you know, the big epiphany moment for me was I, I was like seven or something, and the, the, our choir they did a you know they did like a school assembly. Yeah, our little choir sang Yellow Bird, the, uh, the Jamaican uh, <laughs> standard. Oh, my God. And <laughs> wow. they, they had us, like, do a little combo where we were standing there, like, supposed to be the musicians, and they gave me, like, a conga drum, and I started doing this really goofy dance. Awesome. And it just, like, destroyed. And that was the moment. <laughs> I was like... Please tell me that was your closer for the first five years of yes, your stand Yes, exactly. That's all, yeah. yeah. I yeah. still, still end with still that. Doing. Andy Kaufman <laughs> took it from you when he was doing the bongos. <laughs> Bobber, exactly. Like, that 
bastard. He was yeah. in town that day. Was like, wait a minute, that seven-year-old's on to something. But I think the greatest thing was I got feedback from because everybody was laughing. It was great. Yeah. But then some kids came up. They go like, Miss Hill, and she was this teacher, my second grade teacher. I was in love with. She goes, she was laughing so hard she was crying, and I was just like, wow, okay, wow. so I actually like affected it. Yeah. There you go. The, yes. Exactly. The, te- the teacher you had a crush on was All like, I made, the, I made the girl I like laugh. All for the hot teachers. That's oh, what yeah. was that. the last time I ever made a girl laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and cry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. That's always like when you're a stand-up. Like, you know, all my fans are always dudes. <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> I know, right? You're like, really? No hot girl? Yeah, no, on, nobody? Yeah, yeah. So, see you out there. But, <laughs> yeah, I come, I come back from off the road, and people are like, oh, Brad, like, you're on the road. You're doing stand-up. You probably get like, mad groupies. It's like, not really. I get a lot of guys that want to buy me a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get a I, lot of guys who want to take a picture with a dwarf. Like, yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot of 45-year-old divorcee housewives going, I, what I would do to you. It's like, what would you do to me? What I would do to you? I'd break your hip. What's going on? Yeah, really? No, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, now, did you uh, – w- was there a time when you were in Detroit doing stand-up where you're like, okay, now I have to move to L.A., now I have to move to New York? Yeah, that happened pretty quick. I mean, I, by the time I hit 17 – not that Holy I, shit. And I, trust me, the stand-up career was not going well at all. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know, only, you did it for how many years before – you said acting and writing was maybe the path. Uh, oh, well, I mean, I, I was a stand-up comedian. I did it professionally for five years, but yeah. that was after I came out to L.A. Gotcha, so okay. it was like all the way up until like 30. From like 25 to 30, I did it. Oh, okay. And transitioned in. Yeah. But no, I, but I was 17. It was just like I just realized Detroit was too small to contain me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had things I wanted to you do. Hold me back. This, mo- this Motor City BS. Yeah. I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah. Well, that's I know I would have ended up in radio had I stayed in Detroit. I guarantee okay. it. Oh, for I, real? Which would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. But um, but that was it was either a- radio or advertising. And my dad was always you know there was some company called Jam Handy. I always remember my father. Jam oh, Handy. Like, hey, <laughs> sounds like Handy. Sounds like you get in Vegas for thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. A Jam Handy. <laughs> <laughs> that happens after you get the Handy. That's right. uh, <laughs> just rub. Jelly on your balls. Yeah, well, thank God, yeah, thank God you didn't go into radio because if you went to radio, uh, you wouldn't be able to watch this uh, Adam Ray motorboat Sandra Bullock. Yes, and, exactly. See, yeah. you need visuals. And that's why you came that. out to LA, really, was it to really. find a guy at a theme park, put him in some Oscar. It's cleavage. like that movie Signs. I had a dream way back when of just boobs in your face. <laughs> Wail away, Adam. Wail away. <laughs> oh my God! Perfect. Uh, and then, so, so like, was there like that moment where you where you go to your parents, like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to L.A. I'm doing this. Yeah, it was weird because I had, I had, I actually graduated high school earlier than everybody else. So I think oh, I graduated sure. like at sixteen. Yeah, You're just a damn oh. genius. Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I did a, like my freshman year at, at, of, of of college, and during that time, I was like, you know what, I want to go out to L.A. I just got stuck in my head. I, I just mm-hmm. wanted to go out and be an actor. Yeah. And then got a copy of Variety and looked in Universal Studio. I, I called all the studios, seeing if they needed actors, which was so yeah. dumb. Yeah, but you, you know, but, but no I, one knows how to get in. Yeah, totally. Paul, no one I, knows how to get in the no, business. You're, so you, you're, you're, I applaud your uh, just vigor to do that because you get out here, you have to take it upon yourself yeah. to get every, everything going. I mean, when I you know started making like my web videos, I started thinking like, oh, I, I need, I want to shoot at a, like a place like at a cafe, and instead of like. You know, just asking people, I just start like looking online or going to places, and that you have to take it apart. So it's yeah. smart that you were just cold calling. Well, you know, it, I mean, the biggest life lesson I had was uh, I got that variety because a friend of mine, my dad's friend, was uh, the manager of you know Jeff Altman, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Remember he had a show called Pink Lady and Jeff. Do you I hear do. about that? I do. Oh, wow. Well, this guy managed Pink Lady. 
Okay. And he was so he the was, pink lady. The pink lady. Wow. So he was our showbiz connection. So awesome. he sent me the the variety, and I called and the pink guy lady you get after the jam handy. <laughs> after the jam handy, yeah. And after you tell him that you know Dave Coulier, <laughs> if you touch your eye, you get pink lady. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You just solidified yourself as a recurring guest on this podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will be back whenever you want yeah, me, thank sir. You. Okay, good. But, uh, but yeah, so he said this. So I, I you know, called Universal. They said yeah. I need a tour guide. So I went out. But then I went to his office and thinking, like, now I'm going to get in showbiz. So I went there, <laughs> and he sits me down. And the first I sit down, he goes, like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I can't do anything for you. All right. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, because I kind of thought he'd be like, here's what you call here, and this and that. Sure. And he's like, and this, and if you come out to this town, you got to make it on your own, and there's nothing anybody could do for you. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I remember walking out like, like almost lost my breath. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm out here now. But at the same time, it was the best advice I ever got. Of course. Sure, because it, it made you then go out and be like, okay, well, if I really want to do this, I have to do this. Yeah, and you, you know, as we all know, and we're all we're all doing pretty well. Yeah. It's, it's, it works Woo! out. Yeah, yes. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm not in a $100 million movie, but. Well, come on. <laughs> but you're making money on the road. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're now, doing your life's profession. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> now, uh, and then you, so uh, this, which is great, you uh, were, on, were on some of my favorite shows as an actor. Um, yes. Roseanne. Oh, yeah, I did a guest spot on Roseanne. Ellen, yeah. the Ellen show? Yes. Which was a great show. It was a great show, yeah. No, I know, and it's just uh, going. So, 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 you're, so you started off working with funny women, and now you're yeah. like, and now, I mean, I, I don't want to peg you as like the guy that, Directs the female comedy movies, I but I, love I mean, it. but it, but the two that you, the two monster hits that you have are both sort of. I, I feel yeah. weird saying groundbreaking because I, I feel like yeah, we're, but, but we're, there hasn't been a wave 2013. of. It is only in the sense that yeah, yeah. That Hollywood doesn't do it, so which uh, is it's just, embarrassingly groundbreaking. Let's yeah. say yeah, and and it, sad, sadly it is, and because. I don't know what people think. It's like, oh, well, people don't like funny. No, people love funny women. I know. I, I love funny women. What do you yeah. think it is? A combination of like the right project, the right like uh, funny women to, that people want to see. Uh, it, like you know, it, it's being honest in the portrayal of funny women. And what happens is, so many times when they put a, a funny lady in a movie, either they make her be bitchy and mean, yeah. or they try to make her act like a dude. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's but it, it's the easiest math ever because you know, first of all, you get a funny woman to write the script. So you know, both bridesmaids and and and, uh, and the heat. Were written by women yep, and I'm, then when you get on the set you hire the funniest women you can find and then when you get on the set you go like let's do this and they'll either go like okay that's funny i'm gonna do it or they'll go no that's bullshit a, a woman wouldn't do that and you go like oh how would you do it we do it this way cool do it and awesome. that's it i mean it, it's the math is very simple it's yeah. just i think a lot of guys have been saying oh ladies here's what you do and it's like and that's not like we don't know because no. we're not we're no, not exactly women. just like when a, you know if a woman's telling me like a guy would do this you know, that's why i think movies have to be a combination of women and men doing mm-hmm. them because we'll save each other from ourselves because i see movies that women do and the guys are all acting ridiculous and you're like right, okay sure. well we don't do that either right do you think there there should be i mean now that i think you're obviously uh, and you love to do movies with you female comedies you want to continue to oh yeah, do, totally. yeah if i did nothing else i'd be do you happy. think would you be open to like because i'm sure this is going to start happening where because you know everything's like remakes happen all the time yeah. and there's a slew of great movies with just dudes that like you could like goonies for example an all-female goonies <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh, yeah. uh flight of the navigator with a chick in that ship right? <laughs> nice look at that i mean you know i think i think he needs to do the mighty ducks with an all-female hockey team hey oh. wait a minute see they write themselves yeah, yeah. perfect <laughs> now, was it but after so bridesmaids did it become uh i mean did it get so big that you were like okay i want to keep doing female comedies or regardless of what would have happened with that yeah you know what it was it was just i'd always my whole career been kind of pitching things with women in them i mean you know freaks and geeks to me it was Lindsay was sort of the main character and yeah. i always loved writing her stuff and her and Kim Kelly. 
And I pitched over the years things for women, and they would just automatically kind of shut it down, you know, the studios or networks and go, oh, sure. you can't. And you go, okay, you just accepted it. And then, then when Bridesmaids came along, it's like, good, here's a chance to do it. And when it did well, I was like, good, okay, the door's open. I can do the stuff that I'm more comfortable doing. I, I look, I love guy humor, and yet sure. I, it's, I just grew up around so many women and girls that right. I think I just kind of, this is where my brain goes. Right. And so, yeah, you know, I love kind of the, the the aggression of male comedy sometimes but i'm just not good at it I, I, but i laugh at it so yeah, sure. you know that and i don't that, know i mean you gave me you gave me some pretty awesome uh, i mean for what the uh, that scene in the club when Sandra first turns around <laughs> yeah. and you know, we had a, ver- uh, a variety of you know you're the first woman over 40 to give me a boner <laughs> right. or uh, you know who lets you out of the fucking house you crazy cougar like all sorts of but you gave me quite a few like nice little and there was one thing we said there was one joke you even gave me that we said about some sort of like reference to some sort of like it might have been a term for a hand job or something. It might have been the jam handy. Oh, but uh, and, and Sandy didn't get it, and then we just kind of laughed, and she was just like, "Oh, you men are so yeah. you know, whatever." It's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, we're having a moment." So you got to be in tune with both of yeah, your, exactly. both sides of your personality. Exactly. You uh, you uh, touched on something that I don't want to just go over, but uh, freaks and geeks. Yes. Uh, if you look at that show and who was involved with that show, mm. I mean, between you. Apatow, and then of course all the cast that have now gone on to do amazing things between Seth Rogen, James Franco, uh, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, oh, wait. no, yeah. Jay, Jay no, was Jay undeclared. Guy, that's yeah. right. Um, uh, no, who's uh, Sam, the guy? Uh, Sam. Uh, oh, Sam Levine. Yeah, 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 that's yeah that's good old yeah, Sam. I mean, like, how did? I mean, this is a general question to ask, but I know there's people that listen to this, and myself included, that just go, "How does the? How do you become a director of that show? No one just walks up the street and says, Dad, you've been hanging out You're here, right. here.' Yeah, well, here, I had, I had to create it in order to, to get to be on that one. There, yeah. yeah, you know what it was? It was just everything is about timing and sort mm-hmm. of, you know, that's why you always, I was kind of the best advice I give everybody is just keep doing everything because right. you don't know when you're going to get when an you're doing stand-up. You don't yeah. want like the, the casting directors in the audience and you. When you're sure. writing, you don't know when suddenly the one thing you think is not yep. good. You know, and Apatow it, it was an old friend of mine. We were stand-ups together. Now, is that is, is that where you met Judd Apatow? Yeah, we he was like 17, and I was early 20s, and we were all hanging at a place called The Ranch, which was like the Higgins boys and Dave Gruber-Allen and like Dana Gould used to hang That's out awesome. there. Yeah, it was kind of like the, the, the Algonquin yeah, round play table. poker and hang out? Yeah, play co- poker yeah. and drink coffee all night after our set. Somebody stay up until the sun, awesome. the sun came up. That, yeah, it was great. It was just all about making each other laugh. Yeah. And, uh, and you have no idea, and you're just all hanging out, enjoying each other's company, knowing, knowing, you know, with yeah. no clue that like you're all gonna, you enjoy each other's company. The relationships, yeah, it's like a, yeah, we were some support because we were all stand ups, so yeah. we were all definitely working the clubs, and um, yeah, then, then Judd was always hanging around, and he was a stand up too, but he was like this kind of crazy, like he was booking a club and he was working for Comic Relief, and like he was way more mature than the rest of us because right. he grew up in like a showbiz family, right. And uh, yeah, and then I just kind of we've you've been writing a lot of that time, right? And so I was always writing, yeah. So he said, "What if you got something, throw it my way?" Well, yeah. Eventually, it was after yeah after he did uh, uh, Gary Shandling, no Larry Sanders show. Right. He had a huge deal over at DreamWorks, and he saw this independent movie I made, wrote and directed, called uh, "Life Sold Separately." That never got released. It's still out there, still waiting to hit <laughs> iTunes. One of these. Well, maybe days. now, right? I, I mean, might put it out. We'll yeah. see. I know. I, 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 I think that'll be the secret. Like once you have the Paul Feig sex tape, then, yes. then that one will finally get picked up. Yeah, as this, well. this is about the quality of a sex tape, <laughs> I will say. But I'm proud of it. Pen with, with, in with it. just as many, just as many jam handies. Yes, Pen Gillette's in it. Pen's great. Pen's Pen. Holy re- shit. Pen refers to it as his favorite thing he's ever done. I bet he's a so. great actor. Oh, he's really good. Yeah. And I wrote it specifically. For, I like to write things specifically for for sure people's voices. It's smart. Right, I mean, because you can hear them saying what oh, totally. you're right. Yeah. Then you know what's funny about them. Or once we cast somebody, then we, you know, like yourself, and then we Ooh. kind of change it for, to their voice. Of course. And, uh, yeah, and I mean, just make it. Yeah, I, I just want everybody to have 
all their full powers. And Smart. so, yeah, it's, yeah, the worst thing I've seen, because I direct a lot of television, and I see the mistakes that, that writers and showrunners make, which is trying to force people's wordings of jokes into Ooh. other people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like somebody can't do it, and you go, like, you're cutting off their natural hilarity by making sure. them, like, how would they say it? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and so. and, and I, if, like, in the, the times I've been on set, when someone writes a line for me, they say, all right, now say it this way, and I'm thinking... I'm the stand-up. All I do is think about what's funny. Yeah. I can do that in my voice and then sell it better. Totally. Don't, don't tell me, like, all right, we, we wrote this for a dwarf who's, like, been picking up. Like, <laughs> yeah. God damn. Yeah. Like, oh, let me guess. I could take a bath and a thimble. Isn't that weird? Jesus. Yeah. That, was a, that was an actual line. That's a joke, really? That's a joke I wrote for Brian. Uh, well, that's <laughs> I used to do it. But There's it a lot of bitterness less. going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, that is the biggest mistake, though. It's this it's inflexibility that these writers have. One of the things I keep on my desk, I keep two things on my desk. One is a model of the Titanic to remind <laughs> myself that no matter how great everything seems like it's going, it can all still go down. I awesome. like that. Yeah. And, and, one is a, and one is a headshot of Dave Coulier. Yes, <laughs> which I bow to every day. <laughs> I do human sacrifice. Because <laughs> you have to. But yeah. it worked, right? Yeah, yeah. You listen to well. Atlanta Morris said, <laughs> you don't know his side, Atlantis. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the other thing. you go getting too big, you look at him and he says, Paul, cut it out. Yeah, all right, all right, Dave. But then the other thing is a bust of Shakespeare to remind myself and everybody I work with that we are not Shakespeare. And that's the thing is that's, all these I love that fucking guys and mm-hmm. women or whoever write these things and it's just like no you can't change this it's like no we can fucking change have, anything yes. why would we not change it because I'm hiring talented people one thing about just hire actors or go like just tell me exactly what to say and I've worked with people like that and they're great yeah but you know I don't we hire people like yourself who are funny bring and they some bring to the something yeah, yeah and it's like. Make help me make this funnier. Totally, I'm gonna look good if you make me look funnier. right. Yeah, you know? I mean there was I mean God, there was I was, I was telling uh, some of the story the other day how in the uh, uh, and again to reference the heat which is still out in theaters. Hey, it's 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 another one in Australia. Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy, uh, over a hundred million dollars, hundred twelve million dollars. Right. Not saying it's not saying it's, it's good. All or right, here now, in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> number one in Australia, number it's, forty in Pakistan. Yeah. We're still <laughs> weirdly, you know, we are banned in Kuwait. Are we? Really? Yes. yes. Isn't that nice? I think that should be. Like that should be the tagline <laughs> of the movie, <laughs> The Heat, Bad in Kuwait. I'd be like, oh fuck, I gotta see I gotta this. See this yeah. You're right, actually. That's uh, this is for our Marketing. second wave. Right. <laughs> this, this movie's gonna do crappy in Saudi Arabia. Like that's all that that that's your tagline right there. But uh, but no, so but there was a um, just uh, piggybacking on the uh, you know uh, improv stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, was, it was like it was almost one in the morning, and it was Sandra and I in the booth, <laughs> and you were like, at one point, I'm just gonna give you one to go, and it was oh, yeah. like one you know close up whatever for like five six minutes, and you just let me rattle, you know, trying oh, to hit so on her and impress her but it's like that not only helped me get a little more depth on my character because like the the shit i was saying was like you know help me figure out like what kind of a guy this was really yeah. the things i was saying to impress her and how she was reacting um but obviously you know yeah like you said then it gives you like options yeah. you want to have more to we got a bunch of those lines and they're hilarious yeah. you know about the gremlins and by the you know did the, uh, how, how did the, the right, how did the, did the freestyle rap i mean i figured oh, that oh it's hilarious but, i mean but obviously there was a freestyle rap i actually yeah. i think it, is it in the i think it might be in the dvd extras is it i saw the yeah. bloopers there was oh, a did? couple of things. yeah it wasn't yeah. that oh. but obviously there's some things that and that's so much the, funny stuff but that's not going to be conducive to like what's happening well you know i mean here's the thing you want to get you want to get a lot of stuff because we get the editing room, you don't you don't know what's going to work, right. and so you know we do these all these test screenings throughout the entire editing process, and you just go, yeah, okay, that joke didn't work. Let's put another one. Let's try this. Let's, so you just have enough stuff yeah. where you just want a lot of ammo. So by the time we lock picture after ten test screenings over the course of months, we know that the movie worked 
for most audiences. Right. How much, um, speaking of improv, I mean, and people probably are asking you this left and right, but, I mean, do you go into a movie like The Heat knowing um, uh, a lot of the people's backgrounds, Melissa in particular, mm, yeah. and knowing, all right, I'm going to let her kind of like... Yeah, but I mean, I got to know from from casting on Bridesmaids that she was a great improviser. Right. I, it's always an element I bring. In, it's always in all the auditions we do. Generally, I wasn't there for your auditions. Yeah, I, you I cast you off of a tape. Yeah, I mean, I, and how was great. that? Thank you. I mean, I, I'd gone in for Michael McDonald's part, and yeah. then for Spoken Reasons part because yeah. I think at one point it was like maybe going to be a white dude or a black yeah, dude. Yeah, totally. And that was, and that's what I love about Allison Jones. You know, best casting director on the planet. Amen uh, to that. She uh, she was like you know really. Um, just you know, and I like to improvise on everything a little bit, just yeah. to like show that you can do that, but without like completely taking the writer's words away. No, but I've worked with her for her, oh, I can't talk. I worked with her for so long that right. um, she knows we always want this improv element, and even with the sides. I mean, we generally will write sides that aren't really in the movie for for like the big characters, just so we can have like a monologue or like a big one sided dialogue, so I can hear what they do. Like it, it's not helpful to me a lot of times to just hear somebody reading the scene because I'm not getting their full right. talents right. range of talents. Yeah. But that's why we'll do some improv at the end generally. I, I, yeah, I was going to ask you for any prospective actors who are listening to this podcast. Like when you see these audition tapes, mm -hmm. is there anything specific that you look for? Like what stands out to you? Yeah, like what in my tape was so fucking impressive? <laughs> yeah, well, you why just, is Adam Ray so, so amazing? Special. You were just great. Here's why. I mean, I, when I was an actor, I used to hate when they put it on tape because it's like, why can't I be in front of the director? Of course, sure. But I've learned now, and I hate to say it, you learn so much about watching somebody off a tape versus in person because I've had so many times like an audition that like in the room they're like they fucking rocked it, and then mm -hmm. I'll like go back to the other people and go like watch this tape. And it just doesn't come through. Wow. It's mm. some it weird thing. It's just a way that people interface Maybe with Maybe they the charmed you in a way before the tape that made you feel good about it. Could it could be that. Sometimes it's just in the moment. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe they're doing this. Other times it's just the way that a person interacts with a camera is the most mysterious thing yeah. in the world. Like you'll meet some like beautiful women stars in, like, in person. Yeah. And you're like, they're kind of weird looking. And I always call it the, the camera makes sense of their face. Like some people just look better <laughs> on film. It's the That's craziest gonna, thing. That's going to be a great compliment I paid to a woman one day. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this camera makes total sense with your face. <laughs> I mean, without 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 the camera, you're Jesus, you're a gargoyle. You're really, but fuck, you're really. on camera, holy shit, are you yeah. hot? <laughs> Can I bring this camera to bed? <laughs> this would really help out both of us. I can just strap this onto my face. Yeah. <laughs> but but so so then because uh, then there was even one point I talked uh, with you at the DVD commentary too about even the uh, possibility of an accent, uh, me doing an accent. Because right. I went in because uh, I had my beard and everything, and yeah. I just looked in the mirror and I was like, I seem like I should be this like generic like Middle Eastern like guy like this. Like I own a fucking club. We you can come and get the fuck suck if you want. That's, and Allison and I did it, and she was like laughing, but she goes. This guy, she goes, what you are, she goes, you know, amp that up a little and, like, bring that guy. She goes, yeah. And, 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 and then that's obviously what you guys cast. And I think – and she was right to do that because I think maybe it just seemed a little too jokey. Yeah, it could be jokey. And also, I, I just – again, I want people kind of at their full powers. You're right. And yeah. I, I really like to cast people for their personality yeah, or, or at least sure. the, the personality of them in the character. Yeah, because I was able to bring uh, – knowing this was just a version of me, able to bring so much more um, – Real funny shit instead of like I'm a I'm a guy with an accent and I'm gonna improvise stuff that I yeah don't even, again right. you're you're running something through an extra filter that you yeah you're you're, you're almost like Inception you're a character within a character <laughs> yeah, that's right really <laughs> in a that was deep <laughs> yeah. fuck you Lipton well done man well done <laughs> fuck you Lipton man Brad you fuck are you on Lipton fire, my well friend. he's not coming on the podcast anytime soon fucking... he's all lined up he's sitting outside <laughs> I know he's, he's just... driving away right now <laughs> if heaven exists. <laughs> 
What would you like God to say to you? Uh, there's no baby gates <laughs> at the fucking pearly gates, God. How about that? No fucking... Bra- Brad got, Brad I, got, I hate baby Brad gates. Brad got cock-blocked by a baby gate once, Paul. What? Oh, yeah. That's, I want to hear this Yeah, one. well, because well, I got... Uh, I got to the, I was really funny, apparently, and this woman said, Hey, why don't you come back to my place? And I was like, Hell yeah. And uh, she had a kid. And we walk in, and there's the baby gate in this long hallway. <laughs> and I'm looking at this like, Oh, shit. Oh, like, no. I, like there, there's no... Cause, and, and she just hops... Like, she just does the step over thing because she's tall and I'm stuck on the other side oh, like that's a, fucked up. Like, like, like a Mexican <laughs> at the border like que pasó lift me up yeah, and, and, yeah there's nothing I could do like I, I, I can't get a running start and like hurdle the baby gate and then be like you oh, want some of this oh. like it's not that's not gonna work so li- literally I just kind of went I kind of tapped out at that uh, point well her loss her loss yeah, right. damn right yeah. Paul Fee god damn it <laughs> god damn it always bring a ladder though that's, <laughs> that's if you've learned anything result. from that story <laughs> really bring a ladder and a camera to have Always bring a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Headshot of Kool-Aid. I don't know why I love that callback, man. I just... Now, when you are with an actress like Melissa McCarthy, who is just so unbelievably funny, yeah. uh, and I've, I've said this on this podcast before, I saw her Saturday Night Live, and and, and I personally think from start to finish, yeah. one of the best Saturday Night Lives ever because yeah. every sketch was funny. Yeah. There wasn't the dud sketch in that entire thing, and you and you realize watching it, this is all like, sure, the writing's good, but it's mostly her character-driven. Yeah, yeah. versatility. Every every sketch and character could have been its own like yeah. spinoff. And yeah, that was also a person literally who had been training for that moment for like sure. her entire life, yeah. and it was because I was I was there with her. It was so exciting, oh, that's so cool. and just like she just brought it so hard. Absolutely, the uh, uh, the uh, pizza eating lady sketch is oh my so, God. so good, <laughs> so funny, so funny. So when when you have someone. Who you know is that talented? I mean, are are you like like how do you direct her or or do you guide her? Yeah, you got you really. It's all about guiding. It's okay. about setting up a safe environment. Have, you know, first of all, first things first, you have to have a great script. You have to make sure, sure that all the beats of it work, and then yeah, you create a safe environment where. I she can do anything and she's never going to feel weird or like I'm going to go like no don't fucking do that don't don't go right. off script and then it's about the way we cover it usually trying to cross shoot it so I'm getting both sides of of, of you know the the scene right. so mm-hmm. her and who she's talking to so then they can really get into a riff and if it happens once it's magic because you know when you try to recreate it it's generally not as good of but course. yeah I just really try to get out of their way and then you know then it it gets me going and so I'll start to think of oh try this try that but sure. that, that's why again I, there's so many director writer directors i know especially who are like just they want just as written word for word mm-hmm. but what you're not taking into account is yeah your words are great on this page because you worked hard to get them there but once you're on the set and it's human beings doing things and they're interacting and there's air between them and they're making you know it reacting then then it then it starts to come to life that's you worked your whole career to try to get to that moment where you're making it why right. then cut it off right you know, mm-hmm. and so then it's just like let it fly, and we'll sort it out later. Sure. Uh, now, and then have you ever worked with actors that like? What do you do if you're giving direction to someone and they they're just not they're just not giving it to you? Like, do, like, do you have techniques? Do you take a break? Like, how do you get that performance that you, you want from the actor? You know what it is? It's 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 slow adjustment because. I'm not so presumptuous as to go like, that's completely wrong what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I generally go like, Ooh, okay, that's not what we need, or that's too much this and that. Yeah, I but saw sometimes... that face a lot on set. Yeah. <laughs> <He's constantly laughs> like, oh, Adam. Every hey, line. Adam, this is great. Okay, yeah, let's yeah, try yeah, this. Yeah, let's try we another get... actor. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Ray, you can't work ducktails into every joke. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, oh, I tried, goddamn. I know it seems right. <laughs> it seems right. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows who Launchpad McQuack is. <laughs> you can't keep the saying that. The theme song to Tailspin does not work 
in this scenario, Adam Ray. Yeah. But but like, but well, what, what, what do you do? Well, what'll happen is that sometimes I'll get to the editing room. The thing I thought mm-hmm. was terrible actually works. Mm. So I'm not presumptuous to go like, don't do that. It's just like, okay, we got that. Let's try this. Let's try this. And I slowly, slowly whittle them over to what I want, mm-hmm. and then. Somewhere in the middle is usually what we end up using. It's okay. Yeah, it, it's the craziest thing. I mean, you don't, especially when you're on a set and you're, you know, watching a monitor. I still shoot film, so we don't have like a great HD monitor. You're sure. still looking at kind of a fuzzy image. So I'm not getting the nuance of like an eyebrow lift or just a way a vein comes out or just a look in somebody's eye. And that, when you get in the editing room, you're like, holy shit. Half the time, I'm always like, wow, they were doing something extra there that I didn't even pick up on. That's, and that's awesome. why I try to stand next to the cameras though, yeah. so I can actually watch their faces. Yeah. But you're always checking so much stuff. I like making sure the framing's right, and you're getting, mm-hmm. I'm getting jokes handed to me, and I'm yell calling and stuff. Yeah. Um, like in, a, in a movie like The Heat, you had so many stand-up comics in it between mm-hmm. Michael McDonald, Adam Ray, Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Michael Rappaport did stand-up for a brief time. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Exactly. Uh, Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Marlon, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. And looking at that script, I wouldn't necessarily – Look at the heat script and go. Okay, stand up comics, but like, yeah, because well, like, it's because it's a little more drama. I almost want to. Well, say. you know, it is. I hate to waste any role on just like a actor or a person. <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> I hate to waste shit on normal people. <laughs> well, you know, comics. Yeah, okay. you know what it is. It's special, like, up. But we that's are. the thing. Like, you know, so many things can just be what I call they went that away lines of kind of like, okay. oh, where are they? Oh, they went over there. You know, it's like it, you get nothing out of that. But the mm-hmm. fact that we cast these really funny people, even in tiny roles. Sure. They're going to give me some extra thing. I mean, Zach Woods is a perfect oh, example. God, yeah. You know, he's a paramedic in this movie. That right. cameo be, crushes. He absolutely time. crushes. Right. And, and it was all, yeah. all rewritten funny. And then, like, the last thing I was like, just kind of goof around. He does this thing. You Zach know, Woods like, from The Office, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, great he had, plays Gabe on that. Yeah. And he had, uh, he had auditioned for Bridesmaids and give one of the greatest auditions. What did he audition for? For one of the roommates. Oh, but God. then we ended up changing the part. Yeah. But it was oh, the, he was a masterful. Because literally, I said, like, do something where you're like a religious guy, but you're trying to get your female roommate into bed and he does this 10 minute thing that was so subtle and so douchey and it was hilarious so (laughs) i always remembered how great he was and i worked with him on the office yeah oh great you know but again it's you know why waste one second of film on Mm -hmm. on like like an okay local actor i mean we've you know local actors we found tony v yeah hilarious you know and but he but i had to go through a lot of local actors to find somebody with an extra bit of something to them Mm -hmm. but again you know it's such a privilege to get to make a movie and you're getting to hold an audience's life in you know life hostage for like an hour and a half two hours sure i want to give them the best time they can have and never have a moment where they're like "Eh," looking at their watch or kind of like boo yeah (laughs) totally yeah it's a so you're casting guys that you and, and girls that you feel can make the most out of each line. Yeah. Uh, when did Sandra Bullock get attached to the project? She, she when I when the script was sent to me, she was already interested in doing. Oh, it. Oh, really? So that was she was the only piece of kind of pre-existing casting. Because you have to have something like that to get to the next step. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, you know, everybody was really hot on the script, so right. that was good. But then the fact I think that Sandra was into it, and for me, I'd always wanted to work with Sandra. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, oh my god! So I heard that I was like, well, I got to read this anyway because I'm curious. And I was really intrigued by the fact that it was called the Untitled Female Buddy Cop. Oh, jeez! I mean, it was just <laughs> right. You're just foaming at the mouth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. I'd wor- and I'd worked with Katie Dippel when I did an episode of Parks and Rec, so oh, nice. everything was in place. I mean, you mm-hmm. still you still go into it kind of like, oh boy, because you read so many shitty scripts. Really, how, what's the percent? I mean, is it more 
How many scripts Bad are shitty? Ninety-nine point nine percent. Wow, probably higher than that. I mean, well, good to know my script about the dwarf uh, <laughs> dressing up as a ducktail. Weirdly, I hear that one's great. So, <laughs> top <laughs> of the blacklist. <laughs> it's still alive. Yeah. Exactly. It's gonna happen. I have a script where Brad dresses up as Scrooge McDuff and jumps into a McDonald's ball pit <laughs> exactly. and finds that, the love of his life. That, that would who work, happens to be. Dave Coulier. Nah, <laughs> yeah. my God, is writing itself. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's it's harsh to say that about scripts. And what but generally happens is like a script will either have a great idea, or right. the dialogue will be good, or it'll be an interesting character. But it never all comes together. And this one just kind of, I was just laughing uproariously on this airplane yeah. reading it, and it's just you know. And then you know, obviously, then we, Katie and I, really worked it from from there, kind of adding things to it. But Katie was great. I mean, she was on. You the guys had a great rapport, time. man. I mean, like just she's the best. Yeah, dude. It was just so easy flowing, and just like the. The exchange of uh, you know suggestions and yeah. lines—it's just you, it, it's a lesson for all writers, which is if you get too precious about your shit and sure. don't let then. As a director, I can't keep you around. Yeah. But if you mm-hmm. go in and go like, I want let's all work together. Let's we'll make the best thing possible. She was with me. I mean, she wrote so many drafts of that script and prep, and then and then they sat the entire time coming like like Katie. I need ten jokes here, right? Ten joke, you know, like wow. in, in, out of that came this great thing. And then the ability, the openness to have like Paula Pell on the set, you know, who's yeah. another great writer who would show up occasionally and give Neil us Campbell was jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the, the greatest guys, Brian Tucker from, yeah. from SNL, just great people, and you know, they're just weighing in with stuff, and it just creates this rich pastiche of all these jokes. So now that you have these two monster hits under your belt, which, by the way, does it sink in at all? Like, are you at a place where you're like, all right, or are you just so driven where you're like, all right, on to the next project? Yeah, totally. I'm, like, so ready for the next thing. It is also just sheer terror because you're like, oh, (laughs) if the next one sucks, then it's... But what's the moment that you, you, after all the hard work of the heat, that you you sit back and you enjoy it or or you're at least happy that the success translated? Yeah, it's right now. I mean, honestly, because the first, you know, opening weekend is huge, and if, you know, so if it does well, you're like, oh, thank God, but then you immediately go like, oh, what if we drop off a lot? in the second mm-hmm. week but the fact that now we're kind of in our third sustaining. week and we're, yeah, we're sustaining and we're doing pretty well internationally that's when you go like okay good i think this worked but you know i'm still <laughs> hung up on like i want us to beat bridesmaids i don't think we will so it's like right. there's always something to temper your of course your joy <laughs> but i mean that's hey, the, the never being fully satisfied i think is it it's a blessing and a curse right yeah, it drives be. you but it um yeah but that, that's all of us and that, yeah. that we wouldn't be in this business otherwise of so, course so but now like with these two movies do you, you do you feel it uh even like more things are going to open up to you to where you can literally do any project you want to do and really have your pick of the great scripts and the great actors. I mean, that's the hope. I I, I mean, again, since there aren't that many, and I hate to say this sounds so dicky, but there aren't that many great scripts out there. Mm -hmm. Occasionally they come around, but it's more the, for me, the, uh, the ability to go like, here's all the things I've wanted to do. Now we can kind of develop these things, you know, like this next one, I've always wanted to do this female James Bond movie. Yeah. It's such a great idea, by the way. Yeah. And so I I wrote it, you know, I wrote it a few months ago and and I was, oh yeah. And I was really happy with how it came out. The studio loved it. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we're going to make it just because now I've got more cachet with them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll they'll take a chance. They trust you now. And it's sad to say that after Freaks and Geeks, Arrested Development, Parks and Rec, The Office, office, Nurse Jackie, Arrested (laughs) Development, you just said that. All all, Uh, all, all these hits. You were a contestant on $25,000 Pyramid. That that alone should have gotten me the keys to the city. You think, like, Dick Clark touched me. Yes. I I should get a movie. Yes, amen to that. The man helped start my stand-up career with that money. And and by the way, we watched the clip uh, before you got here. Uh, uh, It's on YouTube. Oh, Jesus. Of me winning. Uh, of, of you winning, it's you destroyed fire. that. Yeah, Paul, it's I took like, it down, man. I yo, made that my bitch. Exactly. Fuck, yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> Someone, that, I don't know who the woman who was with you. Do you remember? 
Oh yes, Lo- Lois Nettleton. Okay, yeah, of course. Who was a, who was a very of the Nettleton <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> biscuit family. She was yeah. a very big actress in the, in the seventies, uh, oh, no yeah, in eighties, yeah, in TV movies. Yeah. Even she was like, like I was just waiting for her, like uh, the speed round. Like it, she would describe things, and, and you just like immediately. She was like, you know, it's a yuppie. Or a guppy and um, and things that swim. Yeah, think, yeah. Yes. I mean, dude, <laughs> what? You could see in her eyes, she was just like, "What the fuck?" Like this guy, is this guy on. Well, mess. that was my third day, uh, and I've been to the big pyramid like about I don't think maybe four times. Oh, so I, I had enough failure in that. I, I, I as a kid, I, that's this was my favorite game show, and so I always, mm-hmm. as a kid, was like, if I ever got on that show, I bet I could win. And so it was the greatest. <laughs> I literally, when I wanted to become a stand-up, and I was out of film school, and I was working an internship as a script reader for this producer who was great, but I wanted to start doing stand. Up, I was like, I, how can I make some easy money? Sure. And saw in the paper like auditions for the twenty five thousand dollars pyramid. I was like, I'm going to cash in. I know I can do this. And weirdly, it was like that was the thing that started my career. I mean, that's what people you see people going on like, who wants to be a millionaire? I mean, same yeah. shit, right? I mean, just totally. It, it yeah, really didn't so, finance it. Yeah, Brad, you're pulling that up, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the uh, so what did you do with that money? Oh, I, I, I quit my job, and I became a, a stand-up full-time. That's incredible. So, okay, I thought you were kind of joking, saying it no, start, no, no. jump-started the career. Oh, no, I mean, literally allowed me to quit my job, and then I went six months hardcore every night. This was the one there was just comedy clubs everywhere in L.A. Right. At least three open mic nights every single night, seven nights a week for six months nonstop. Wow. And just suddenly came out of that with like an Which act. is what you I have like to a do. To solid s- middle act after that. Yeah. And, and then did you also, because uh, obviously get, doing it for that amount of time, which is what you have to do to give yourself a fair shot to get better, but did it make you go, all right, this is for me or this isn't for me? Oh, no, it totally made, made me go, like, I want to do yeah, this. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also it was a couple down, we were talking about earlier about the, being a tour guide. Yeah. Being a tour guide really, that helped me get mic technique. Totally. Comfortable in front of a crowd. Com- and, right. Yeah. And, and uh, ad-lib either, because I'm sure, like, yeah. same thing, they want you to make the tour your own after Well, we used to do, we did it so much that we actually, uh, tour guides started getting in trouble because they were started putting executives on the tram because we were, like, fucking around so much. Oh, I got in trouble, too. What would you do? <laughs> We just make j- make, I mean, all make the- up shit. I would make up facts all the time. I make up just- shit. I'd also do like really disparaging remarks about like Sid Sheinberg and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it weird. Like- you, how dare you piss on the legacy that is Sid Sheinberg? I know it was terrible, but yeah. we were like so. You know, we we're biting the hand that fed us. Of it course. felt so cool back then. Of course. <laughs> all right, I, I got uh, Paul Vig here. Oh, on the, on, sweet. Twenty five thousand dollar period. Have you watched this or? Um- I haven't seen this in a while. Did your ego get pretty big after you won? Because you're saying like, I mean, oh yeah, I was. Of un- course, uh, you know who could talk to me. After that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, fuck. Yeah, yeah. The Mom, if you want to talk to me, send an owl with a yeah, note. <laughs> Mars, Venus, planets. <laughs> One down. One down. <laughs> I'm roaring in the jungle. I'm the what king. a lion would say. Ooh, wow. I was on fire. See, I would say what a dwarf uh, says when he comes. <laughs> Out of weight measurements. Weight. <laughs> Three so down already. They're cheering for me. Guppies. Yeah. Olympic athletes. Uh, things that swim. How do you... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> a little mouse. Uh, like, what'd you call me? Things, it's a <laughs> uh, things that have been up Richard Gere's butt. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> Why am I getting thrown off the show? <laughs> things that pitter-patter, things that flutter, things that beat. An, <gasps> oh. an anxious visitor. Good clue. Things that are impatient, things that pound. Yes! Oh! Whoa. It wins 25... 
an anxious visitor. How yeah. do you get things that pound yeah. from an, an anxious, anxious visitor? visitor? I would have been like a, a, a guy dressed in a clown suit trying to rape me in my sleep. Yeah, well, <laughs> having been an anxious visitor many times, <laughs> I know what I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anxious visitor sounds like a one-eyed play your friends been trying to drag you to for six years. Like when someone says an anxious visitor, you go, I think that's a euphemism for masturbation. Things <laughs> to pound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the math. Yeah. <laughs> I just like that my voice was up here when I was doing yeah. the job. Oh, yeah. Well, you weren't a full radio voice yet. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'd say. I should have brought it down. <laughs> like my spicy crew cut in that. Oh, yeah, you, you'd have a very uh, military haircut. I have a little flat that. top going there. A little Brian <laughs> Haley going there. I mean, <laughs> Classic Brian Haley, I will say. Now, it's uh, kind of back on another question that I asked. Now that you, like all this is happening for you, do you have people that you look at in this business go, I want to work with this person now? Like, I Because now you've got your oh, pickings. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamcast. Now you can be like, yo, if I want Reginald Vell Johnson from Family Matters, <laughs> hey, man. I, I well, can get him. I can't. There's only, there's only so many people I can Okay, get. well, well hey, Zachary Ty Bryan, Brad from Home Improvement, is making a comeback. <laughs> <Wow>. Nice. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No, you know, I mean, there's so many people I'd love to work with. Yeah. I mean, the list is kind of endless. For, but for me, it's about what's the project and then who inspires me in that project. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But you know, but it, it's 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 nice. I mean, the you know the biggest. Uh, Who's on the short list, or can you not even say? Is that I like, wouldn't even oh, dare say. Okay. I don't want to limit it because there's yeah. so many great people. Of course, of course. Adam Ray, let's Whoa. say. <laughs> Brad. Yes, yes, oh, yes hey. exactly. Hey, hey. Podcast you, just see, got see, you had the uh, you had the female buddy cop movie. Yes. Now we need the. So, so now you have the, uh, the Jew and the, the dwarf. The, the Jew and the dwarf. <laughs> I don't know. I that's, think that's it, the name right there. Yeah, yeah. The Jew, the it's like the Falcon and the Snowman. Like the sequel, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's the so what's the movie, Paul Feig? Uh, there's a Jew and a dwarf. Soul, soul. <laughs> we don't need to hear anything else. How much you need? You might be at that level where you can just yes, walk in and say two hundred million. Yes. In. All right. Here's my o- here's my only request. Yeah. Forrest can- Whitaker plays the janitor. <laughs> yeah. Can can John Stamos play the villain? Oh. Yes. Paul, okay. John Stamos is afraid of dwarves. He's afraid of dwarves. Oh, really? Met oh, Brad oh, at a stand-up show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did he do? Run away? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a picture with him, and his face <laughs> looks like... <laughs> looks like he just got a jam handy outside of a, outside of a Denny's without, without a glove. <laughs> I was uh, backstage at a show, and... Uh, uh, Bob Saget comes up to me and says, "Hey Brad, you got to come over here and meet Stamos. He's a fr- he's terrified of little people." And I go, "Thanks for inviting me yeah, really, to the show so that much. I'm on, yeah. Bob." So, and, of course, and I've never met Stamos, but uh, you know, have mercy, God, God, have some fun. Sure. Yeah, uh, this is all coming back to Full House. I'm yeah, finding yeah. out hey, it's, <laughs> it's the theme of every one of our podcasts. Let's be honest. And we we just walk up to uh, Stamos, and he's surrounded by people, so he can't go full. I'm terrified right now. Like, he can't just go, ah! Like, like, he can't do that, but you definitely see the look on his face of, I'm not exactly comfortable. Yeah. Uh, do, how, 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 how if he like, looks me in the eye, what, turn to stone? Like, <laughs> did you hug him? Did you oh, yeah. Him? No, oh, I full-on humped his leg. Okay. <laughs> just, how could you not? I, oh, he's gorgeous. Well, exactly. Fantasy, just, you know. Yeah, so uh, I, 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 just, uh, I, I just sunk in and grabbed his thigh and just started going to town on his knee pit. Oh, my God. And, that's uh, hilarious. And, like, Which, by the way, is the only time Brad has done anything I've ever asked him to do for me. <laughs> I said, hey, if you're going to pick one time, that's the perfect time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you know how old I am? I auditioned for to be on full, to be. The, a regular to be Danny house. Tanner, yeah, actually, I, well, whatever part Dave got. Oh, uh, oh, Dave, uh, Uncle Joey, Uncle Joey, yeah, yeah. I auditioned for wow. that role. Oh, yes, yes. How, do you remember what comes the, uh, full circle? You stand up with the guy, he beats you out for the full house role. Fucker, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, well, yeah. well, you'll get your chance one day. Oh, I'm going to take him down. Well, well, just so you feel good, I just done. I, I just got done doing uh, Tommy T's in Rancho Cordova, California, and you want to know who's there the week after me? Oh, Dave Coulier. Nice. Wow. So you're here. 
did it. And you got the he heat, so it. you finally beat Dave Coulier, oh, no. Paul Bean. It's such a hollow victory. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dave. Dave, actually, Dave was like, it blew my mind when I first saw him when I was a stand. I was just like, wow. How I hear he's still killing. Yeah. 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 And he was actually, he actually gave me great advice, I remember. I remember what it was basically just like, really just keep honing your act. I mean, yeah. it was like, but rudimentary when you're 15 year old. It was just like, he was really encouraging. So right. I, I have a very soft spot in my heart for yeah. Dave. You needed that early on. Yeah. Totally. Sinbad told me he'd never stop writing. <laughs> and yes, I do know Sinbad. <laughs> that was just a shameless plug. He said, never stop writing, just stop performing. <laughs> you can write other people's jokes. That's fine. But God, so, when, you get, when you get up there and talk, yeah, that shit ain't so good. so good behind the pens, yeah. my friend. Off that stage. What a backhanded compliment. Uh, when, when, when you were doing episodes of The Office, mm. was... Which, by the way, Paul, this, I mean, we've... Yeah, so I don't... Yeah. My favorite show of all time, I think. Yeah, the it's Office. the greatest. It's and so great. and Steve Carell mainly because I mean the yeah. whole cast is one of the greatest TV cast of all time. Yeah, but what Steve Carell did off the page, yeah, it, it blows my mind. Unbelievable, and and the, the the most horrifying fact is that he never won an Emmy for that role. He didn't. Never won an. He won one Golden Globe and never won an Emmy. Alec Baldwin beat him every time on Thirty Rock. Who's Alex Baldwin? Alex, great, but, no, but it, go, it goes to what my big problem with, with comedy and why it doesn't get the respect it should is when comedy's great, it looks effortless. And right. having worked with Carell, that's, Carell is, that, that, who, that's not who Carell is. That's a right. character he's come up with. He makes it look so real that people go, like, well, he's just being a doofus. And it's like, no, no it's this not easy is to do so that. nuanced. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, all those extra. Uh, well, I mean, well, how? What's that experience like? Direct, I mean, as we asked. Well, the great, first of all, you get the greatest scripts in the world because that 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 writing staff is brilliant, and Greg Daniels is brilliant. So you have that, but then. You know, and you're getting that, but suddenly it's just slowly like, hey, try this, try that. And then towards the end, we'd always go like with Steve, like, just kind of play around, or I'd kind of give him ideas and stuff. And that's when, like, this magic would happen. You know, it, there's already magic on we had, but right. then the, he, he would just add these things. I mean, the, and, and also the, the way the uh, uh, separating looking to the camera, you know, who yeah. the crew's there, and then also the ca- like, that's a skill in itself. That... Well, that, that's the greatest device. That, that's why I think the mockumentary is, like, the greatest way to sure. do comedy, because... If you play into the thing of like, I know I'm on camera, so I'm going to act a different way, and then those those, those you know spy shots we call yeah. them, when you go mm-hmm. like, they don't think they're on camera. It's the greatest way to see human nature. And yeah, all a joke forms. can can uh, kill or fail in a lo- if even oh, the totally. look after or, or preceding a joke, like when he would do it, like that's what she said to himself, yeah. but kind of give a quick glance to the camera, just to be yeah, like, like uh, I'm so funny. Yeah, I'm so right. funny. totally. And those camera people, I mean, uh, uh, Matt Sohn and Randall uh, Einhorn, who both came from, uh, they were cameramen on Survivor. So they were actually documentary guys. Oh, so oh, every really? time we'd shoot Brilliant. a scene, they would do it the way they would do it if they were seeing it for the first time. So a lot of those, oh, how like, interesting. where the camera's snapping in or finding people, that's them, you know? And it's really, uh, it, it was kind of a, quite a special thing to be a part of. Did you watch the English version at all, or did you go yeah. into a cold turkey? I, I, I To the point where I, it was after Freaks and Geeks that I got... People wanted me to have a meeting about possibly adapting the British office to American. Mm-hmm. I was like, forget it. Like, no way. Why would I even step into that? It's impossible. Mm-hmm. So I remember when Greg took it on, I'm thinking, like, oh, boy, he's brave. Sure. And, uh, and then he just figured out the way to do it. But it, it would always threw me as I saw the, you know, I think Ricky made him do the first, the pilot as the exact same script as the British one. Right. Which I always thought was a little bit of a mistake because right. – Watching it the first time, I was like, oh, they're just copying it. And then right. I sort of didn't watch the next five until I started directing and went back. Those next five are so funny. Mm-hmm. That thing where they're like pretending to be different ethnicities. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's and he so does the, uh, the, the, uh, but, 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 to Kelly, yeah. right? The whole <laughs> thing. And then she just smacks him. <laughs> right. Do you want to squish me? Do you want to squish me? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's just like you get to work with these iconic people and, and that you're able to just kind of. 
like like like, like you say, get out of their way. Also, none like of them were household it. names yeah. yet, right? I mean, they oh, were yeah, you were with that crew no. that was. No, I yeah. mean, you know, when I when they were, I remember when they were casting uh, the office, and I remember when when uh, Carell got it. I was such a big Daily Show fan, oh, and great. he was like one of my favorite guys on the Daily Show. So I was like, of course, like who else would they hire? But it was such a giant ordeal for them to get him to like the network degree for him, and they saw was everybody really? in town. Oh yeah, there's other guys. I mean, you know, I, I think like Od- Odenkirk came close to it. I mean, yeah, Ben Falcone uh, came close to it. I, I mean, so super there, funny. Dudes it all would have like, been hilarious, yeah. but to me, it was just like, I mean, you know. Carell, when he used to do like produce Pete and all those, you know, the the, the pro and con thing Here, uh, with, with uh, I just pulled up a clip of a uh, Carell on the old uh, Dana Carvey show. Oh my god, the, yeah. this is my favorite thing that maybe Carell's ever done. Oh my god, I don't know if I've ever seen this. The, this is the Germans who say nice things. <laughs> and okay, let me how long this. is the clip? Uh, it's one minute, perfect. So, there we go. That's Taco Bell Dana Carvey show would like to present Germans who say nice things. <laughs> Our friendship is very important to me. <laughs> Let's all pile into the minivan and go get some frozen yogurt. <laughs> Would you like a back rub? <laughs> you look beautiful in a tube top. <laughs> I would like to volunteer for the big sale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my Netflix, god. No angel. <laughs> you are not getting older, you are getting better. <laughs> May I interest you in a collection of soaps? <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus is the feel good movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Oh my Holy god, I've never shit. seen that. That's hilarious. That is Dana Carvey and Steve Carell. Oh my what doing, a great idea for doing a bit. the Germans that say nice things. I mean, you just oh, Holy just a softball lobs. But 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 right then it's like okay, yeah. what a simple concept. Germans who say nice things oh. and go yeah. and they and they just sold the crap out of it. It's so funny. And he's, he's such a sweet guy too. And, and and light and light and like you say when he's Michael Scott, people think oh, that he's, he's just being him. That's not him. Oh, so I mean, he worked so hard on that character and just found mm-hmm. these turns constantly where you'd just be like... It's funny, like when we were doing the, the dinner party episode yeah. that I'm oh, really God. proud of. So good. When he's showing off his TV <laughs> oh my and God. shit. So like, funny. Yeah. But that whole scene where they're like arguing in the front hallway about, you know, snip, snap, snip. Yeah. The, the vasectomy. Oh, they got the vasectomy. But, but what happened was we were doing that and it was this super dramatic scene and like it was like really affecting and but, you know... That's when I remember, the funniest stuff comes out. Yeah, though, but right? that's I remember going to Steve and going like, it's awesome just make it funnier and he's he goes i know what you mean i got it and that's what that all that snip snap stuff all that stuff was just him like going into funny mode and but but still playing the moment real yeah of course so emotional and just oh, that's and that's why he a maestro it, it's such a great like uh you know a li- likable kind of asshole characters are some of my favorites like him yeah. and baldwin like yeah. not total assholes but like they have a little bit of redeemable assholes yeah, yeah. where they some of the things they do it's just the way they are so they don't like know any differently yeah. but like you know, saying to Pam, like, that, you know, let your hair down, it's much sexier or whatever, or, like, you should <laughs> exactly. show more, whatever. Like, that's just, he's not, uh, you know that that's just him being him. So yeah. You're like, well, um, that's, I like, they're, they're you know. But so many sweet moments, too, with his character. That's all I ever ask out of when I work with, with actors is, like, you just, I want you to love the character. If you have contempt for the character you're playing, you're going to play it weird or yeah. you're going to play it falsely. Yeah. But, you know, even if it's a bad guy, you know, I mean, Le- 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 Soir, yeah. he thinks he's great. He thinks right. he's mm-hmm. doing stuff that is important. So right. you believe what he's doing. Right. You know, it's never like, 
Okay, I'm a shithead, and yeah. I'm going to be a shithead. Saying he's going to get seal is never going to happen, but right, like, exactly. hearing him say that, it's you so go, aspirational. Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I it's, hope he gets seal. Yeah, I hope he gets seal. <laughs> or, or Hanson or something. After he comes back to life. <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 spoiler alert. Oh, no. Whoa, oh, that's oh. the thing. So, yeah, so what happens in the, in, in the heat Well, sequel? we didn't really see him get... Yeah, I mean, he might have just said. been yeah, that's what I concussed. Said. I mean, you remember Ninja Turtles 2 where Shredder, his fist comes out of the garbage? that's true. Yeah, that's true. So you come back... Also, I could come back completely shaven, everything off. Or, yeah, exactly. Working at a Jamba Juice, and now I want to join. I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, it's been great to see you guys. <laughs> or you mean uh, Ted Lasoir, his, oh, his twin brother. His twin brother. See? The twin coming back. Yeah. Always Holy good. Crap. Always good. That's I'm so glad you, a major Hollywood player, is here, Paul Feig. Because, Thank you. Be, be, because we come up with these ideas all the time. We're like, <laughs> why is no one doing this? going to the ether. Yeah. Right. Why yeah. is no one doing Let this? Let me be your conduit. Oh, yeah. I love what, it. What was our the title for a Jew and a Dwarf? The Falcon and the Panda Bear? What was it? The Falcon and the what? The Jew and the uh, no, but then you then you said oh, the, the Falcon f- and the Snowman, the Falcon and the Snowman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. Uh, Timothy Hutton, I believe, yeah. and uh, maybe Sean Penn. I don't remember. <laughs> well, we could totally out of the way, guys. We could totally remake that. Yes, Bride, uh, or or bridesmaids w- instead of all women, all dwarfs. <laughs> All dwarves it's getting better. All dwarves in the bridal better. party. Keep talking. You're darn right. How's that bachelor party scene going for you? I remember when I was shooting, I shot a movie, a drama years ago, uh, and we shot all in Bulgaria. And every mm-hmm. night they would have porn at the hotel, like after midnight. Bulgarian so, porn? Uh, no, just the porn from around the world. Pakistani oh. porn. But there was more, there was more a higher percentage. A porn buffet. A higher percentage of little people porn. <laughs> <laughs> than I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and you always can tell, like, the crew, the, the crew would always come in blurry-eyed because the hotel would hold it back until midnight, so yeah. all the crew would stay up for the free porn. Oh, sure. And then finally, halfway through the <laughs> halfway through the production, the porn went away, and everybody's all upset, and the guy who owned the hotel, he's like, ah, fuck you guys. I played the porn. You never hire my girls. You never hire my girls. Oh, oh wow. So I guess we were supposed to get all sexed up on porn and then call down and get his <laughs> prostitutes. Oh, it's like, yeah. dude, don't show porn. Because yeah, because <laughs> we're... We're, we're done. Yeah, like, 15 exactly. se- like 15 seconds in the movie, especially midget porn. How viral do you think? Exactly. I Bring mean, are, are, are you taking your eyes away from midget porn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. I mean, I, I've had sex with a ton of little people. I can never look away. And I've lived this shit. Wow. I just look down and go, wow, I, I, I'm, I got a front row seat to this. <laughs> This is awesome. Eating popcorn. <laughs> is there now? We were talking about like now wanting to do like have you the pick of project type thing. Like, and yeah. I heard you say this on another thing about doing a musical. That at some point you would like. Yeah, to. yeah, we're developing one right now. Are you really? At Figco. Oh, the company called Figco. Oh yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. No, yeah, I I love all genres, you know, and I just like to play within them and try to figure out a way to do them and you know, would you the like way that I like to adapt a musical or would it? No, like, I'd like to do an original thing. Yeah, okay. like maybe Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the musical. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love kid movies. Again, that's why I was saying I love a comp- uh, unaccompanied minor. Thank because, you. Yeah, Hi, I, I, Paul, I really that. do because you, Thank you sir. like um, that world for kids. <laughs> My is so redheaded stepchild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you I'm love doing it, right? Is the musical. I'm What's sorry. Of what? I'm still on honey. That would be awesome, the actually. Musical. The giant shoes come in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Honey, you might want to sit down. <laughs> I shrunk the kids. Oh, fuck. That's Rick Moranis, by the way, singing the opening theme song. This is writing itself again. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of great ideas flying around. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, my God. Did you see the size of that bee? <laughs> <laughs> Cereal. I'm in cereal. I'm in. Thank God it's Cheerios. Because they serve as life rafts, too. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh if my. it were Cocoa Puffs, 
We'd be Coco fucked, uh, but um, I think I, I think uh, I think Coco fucked is one of the movies that was playing in the. Yeah, well, it was Hotel. actually yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that was Reginald Bell Johnson's worst worst role. As Coco ever. Chanel. As Coco. <laughs> well, yeah, they had they had, they had, they had Black Porn Night, and then the next night they had like now back back to that hotel. Could you tell like what porn was on? Like if they, if they no no up, it was all always... smiles. It was like oh it was definitely midget porn. Oh night yeah yeah that, no yeah oh, you could definitely tell when it didn't meet somebody's expectations. Everybody was uh, walking out with ladders and suckers and yeah, yeah. That's right, really. But like, is there? Did you do musicals, or did you? Are you a fan of musicals? Prior? Uh, yeah, when I was an actor, I, I mean, back in Michigan, I was in a lot of musicals. That's uh, how I started too. What were your yeah. like musicals? You uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, me too. Uh, West Side yeah. Story. Me too. Like action. There Ooh, you go. See, man, um, shit. Oklahoma. I was only in the in the uh, yeah. chorus. Awesome. Where the show comes yeah. sweeping down the plane. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh wait, we gotta pay for that. Wait, don't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, where the wind comes sweeping down. <laughs> different tune, different tune. Right. Don't have to pay for it. Uh, Guys and Dolls was another. Ooh. It's all, it's all, there's a Midwest community theater repertoire, which people just demand. It's a very hard to pull off sort of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, your, your more ancillary ones. Right, right. I March quit. of the Falsettos doesn't play a Ooh. lot. In, in the Did, was the Jew and the Dwarf, was that playing? That was playing, <laughs> actually, yeah, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. That's more yeah. of a verse yeah. play. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> I'm small. But, uh, <laughs> what, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on the songs. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, I don't know. That, I really want to write that now. I'm, it's a I'm power ballad. Yeah, it's a power <laughs> I quit football my sophomore year of high school to play Danny Zuko in Greece, which is actually. Oh, I was in Greece too. Yeah. Where, who'd you play? I played uh, uh, Sandy. Uh, the, no, no, the, the, the DJ. Um, Sandy. <laughs> you know the. Uh, oh, the, what's Teen name? Angel? No, no, oh, the, the DJ. Yeah, yeah um, at, at the dance. Uh, uh, I was. It was my shit. big part. I was very. That was good a great part. I bet you were. Oh, well, shit, I'm blanking on his name, but it was great. Oh. <laughs> the guy pulled out full radio voice. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a well, great show. So, I mean, so, oh, you, yeah. so you quit football to, to do... To play Zanzu yeah, yeah. Uh, I quit the wrestling team to do musical theater. So. Did you really? really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, uh, Which were your plays? Yeah, uh, my plays. Jeez, uh, we did Once on This Island. I think we talked about, we that. Talked about that. I've yeah. never heard of that. Oh, it, it, it's like... Paul, it, it's a show that's supposed to be done with an all-African-American cast. <laughs> yeah, there but we uh, did it with like 90% Koreans. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had one... Filipino, and you're like, that's close enough to black, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did that. We did uh, Hello, Dolly, nice. 42nd Street, so I could actually tap dance. Well done. I And by, and by the way, when a dwarf tap dances, <laughs> the, the world around him there stops. <laughs> if you were in the black plays, did you do uh, my arms, your arms are too short to box with black? <laughs> <laughs> it would have worked. Exactly. It oh. sucked. Oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, so Adam and I both uh, left. Uh, traditionally manly things, <laughs> and then went off to do musical. That's theater. good though. Yeah. See, look at we're well-rounded. You know, exactly. Well-adjusted we, we, men, and some of us can afford very expensive suits. Paul, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> when do these? Where all the money goes? The to? suit thing is that uh, I think you've. I think I've heard uh, you tell a story, but I haven't heard. I, I, when I was a kid, I wore suits all the time, yeah. and then once I got to high school, <laughs> got to, you know beaten up enough about it, <laughs> I stopped. Uh, and then it was yeah. I, once after, right after we finished Freaks and Geeks, I decided to go back to it. I, right. just, I just get tired of going to these meetings and like everybody being all the people in charge of being suits and ties yeah. and be the artist in like a t-shirt and jeans. You're yeah, like, I don't like this dynamic, and so sure. I switched out of it. It's dress professional, like, dress like the enemy. Yeah, and then I just I, I like a uniform. Well, you are you the, are well. you you are the extreme professional in uh, all in all things, Paul Feig. Thank, and, you. Uh, Thank you. I have this has I've been this has so been much great. We have a few more minutes. Do you have a few more minutes? Sure, sure. Okay, because uh, I want to ask uh, you've written four books yes um uh 
When do you have time for the hookers and blow? <laughs> well, I'm writing. I, I need to snort something off of somebody's back. It's like you're, you're, you're yeah, Sour little, Patch Kids yeah, are cutting. You have all these million-dollar movies and TV shows. Right. Where's the hookers and blow, I specialize Paul in the hooker desk. <laughs> uh, can I pay you $1,000 on all, on all fours? Sounds yeah. good, baby. Yeah. All right, now hold this paper. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I use two uh, sawhorses, and they just have her plank it. To now, now, can I still get the two-for-one jam handy and the cocoa fucked? Or is that, still, <laughs> is that, is that only on Saturdays? It costs a lot of blow to get that. <laughs> yeah. Did uh, in the books there? I, I haven't read any yet, but I'm mm. going to. But the one there's one title, "Kick Me," and yes. are all of them themed about being teased? Uh, no, two of them are, are memoirs. Okay. Uh, yeah, the "Kick Me" is about kind of all my crap that happened in school. Mm-hmm. Can you briefly uh, touch on that? What, what what was the teasing? What was it for? Like, and what what? Oh, time for me? Well, I mean, God, for me because I was taller than everybody else and I was skinny and I had a big nose yeah, that must suck. <laughs> Being but, taller than but, everyone else. But you either get Shut called the out. Shut fuck up, Bobby. <laughs> well, you either get called out because you're either too tall or too short. Right, right, but right. for some reason, if you're in the middle, you're... But yeah. all my bullies were tiny guys. Were they really? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Lurch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, no, it was you. Yeah, exactly. God, Me and my yeah. lollipop guild. You were, you were dressed yeah. as a five-year-old, but you were actually 20. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, see, I... Was... Pop little bug. Fuck love. There it is. Remember that voice? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's all coming back. Because I wouldn't fight back. Though, so it's like a way well, yeah, you can't you can't kick a short dude. It's a hate crime, right? <laughs> oh, I wanted to back yeah. then. I tell you, <laughs> how did now? I uh, uh, Brad, you got teased. Oh, hello, and I was a big fat kid. Uh, was I like, find that so hard. To I was like one seventy five in the fifth grade. That's really? a, that's a big kid, Paul. You're, you're all you're all in great shape. Well, I appreciate these. Uh, was, yeah. so, oh yeah, I know that was one of my first jokes. I go, I was the first. I go, being a fat kid, you know, it was awful. You got teased, and made fun of. Him. I go, a lot of perks. I was the first one in fourth grade to get a set of tits. <laughs> I would charge my friends five bucks to fill me up. Yeah, you know? Guy, uh, guys would. Practice on him. Yeah, that was a practice. Those boy boobs. You know? <laughs> Those boy boobs. Yeah, no. The next name boobs instead of moves. They're boobs. Uh, moves, moves. Yeah, penis and tits, kid. Yeah, uh, that oh, was a weird nickname. That's- that that's the name of your next movie. Moobs. Moobs. <laughs> wow. Nice. The musical. <laughs> man boobs the musical? Moobs. And it's actually but you make it like an endearing term. So it's like man My boobs. My chest hurts when I run. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening to me, Mom? My heart is sweating again. <laughs> no no girls like to say what's up. Maybe it's because I have a C cup. <laughs> nice. A C cup. <laughs> Hold my pencil for me. <laughs> Do you have any more beef jerky or cake? <laughs> it's so weird that, like, I mean, comedy, it's an old saying, but it really does come from pain. Like, you yeah. as a fat kid, me as dwarf, you as tall. I'm still not believing that. Uh, Big but, nose. Yeah, but, like, there, there, there's something where you get that defense mechanism where it's like, okay, they're, they're, they're making fun of me, but if I can turn it around, if yeah. I can make these guys laugh, Laugh. Oh, now, totally. now I'm the cool kid. Yeah, because yeah. I know Brad and I yeah, both did that. Totally. Like I was known as the fat kid. Then I started making people laugh, and I was like, they, I was the funny kid. I was yeah. the fat kid. Oh, no, so totally. how did it? I mean, oh, same here. I mean, yeah, I had enough bullies where it's like, oh, so you try to be funny. But the, the, the weird thing is, the bullies never bought into it. You know, mm-hmm. for some reason, they just it just infuriated them more when you got funny. Of course. <laughs> well, it, yeah, kind of, kind of like the hecklers at the club when you're still being funny. They're like, wait, wait, I'm not winning. Oh no, I know. <laughs> Isn't that the worst? Like a heckler comes up and they just like, ruin your set, and then they come up afterwards and like, hey. That was pretty uh, good, huh? And it's like, I, yeah, thanks for all the fucking help. I literally right. just had that happen to oh, me. It's, it's just because it, it's just like, you're, no, it didn't. No, you did not help. I'm just that good. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. I made I, I, I spun your shit <laughs> into, in, gold. In, into gold. <laughs> exactly. That's what I did. I had gold. And you said, you know, 
looks better than gold. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and then it's I had to reverse alchemy. It. That's right. It, it really is. <laughs> You're like God. Uh, but, yeah, but that's that. That's what happens even even as kids. So we're trained to do that. And then we come up and we realize, hey, we're funny. And then we get laid yeah. one time, or we make one second. <laughs> you got laid teacher. once. Uh, yeah, just yeah, once. once. You know. Yeah. You. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> I didn't get my second book is called How I Became a Twenty Four Older Virgin. So I I say it. I didn't mean it against you. I mean, it, no, no, no. I had no luck whatsoever until <laughs> the age of twenty four. Well, so. ladies, he's directed two hundred million dollar comedies. That's right, ladies. Yeah. Well, now you I can't specialize wa- in lady. Comedy. Oh yeah. Well, now you can't walk out. <laughs> I of could be like the biggest scumbag ever. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Wouldn't oh, that be the greatest? Like, <laughs> I directed Bridesmaids in the Heat. I'll put you in a movie. <laughs> yeah, really. yeah, yeah. I like lady comedy. Come on in here. Yeah. Ooh, we hate him now. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you know what? We all the world already has a uh, uh, Brett Ratner. Yes, that's right. Really, and we don't need another one. That's right. God, he was supposed to be the guest on the podcast now too. Yeah, yeah. And Reginald are Reginald. I remember you said fuck James Lipton earlier. That was that might be the the worst thing ever said. That's the new hangover. Those three guys. James Lipton. Wait, who? Toby McGuire. Who was the other one? James Lipton, Reginald Vell Johnson, and Brett Ratner. Wow. If that's VH1, what are you doing right now? Put those guys in the house, man. That's the show. Turn the cameras on. Put a shark in the middle of them for some reason. Sharknado. Oh, oh. Uh, the Sharknado! Now, where Shark- do they work? If they're doing a reality yeah. show, where do they? Because you know, like every you know, like the real world, they would get a job at the at the oh, surf that's shop. True. Oh, that's true. So they'd have, maybe Lipton. they work at like a Baskin Robbins or something. <laughs> I see James Lipton working at Hot Dog on a Stick. Oh, I, I like that with the hat. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, with the hats, yeah, and, nice. then, and then and then Brett Ratner's just churning lemonade, going, "This fucking sucks." <laughs> and Reggie works at uh, uh, Noah's Bagel. <laughs> <laughs> just because. <laughs> just because. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they got great bagels, and they need a little bit more of a right. shout out. He's like, "No, I'm." Uh, Create a round hot dog and we put on the bagels, and that's their super thing. That actually sounds delicious. Wait a minute, the round hot dog. Wow. Oh, the, ra- the, the, the round hot dog is right after the jam handy. <laughs> <laughs> we, have come By the full, way, we have come full circle. We, we certainly have. See how we uh, callbacks? This see how been, we do this? This has been amazing. Yeah, uh, Paul, it, I mean, it's a complete honor to meet oh. you, first of all. Oh, uh, thank you, bro. Th- thank you for uh, allowing my boy here to uh, prosper. Yeah. And yep. uh, now he's he's, he's going he's moved into this nice apartment. Yep. He's eventually going to get the bumper fixed on his car. <laughs> right. Eventually, the cashews will be cleaned off the seats. Yeah, there and you the, go. And the bungee cord will be not holding on my bumper. <laughs> you know, but but I always say to people I work with is I don't do anybody any favors. I only hire people who are great. And so you got to earn your way in. And not that I'm so cool, but just you know you got to. No, you are. You, but you know what it is? One bad decision makes me look terrible, and so I can't do it. So I can only hire people who are great. And, uh, well, and I just hope great. I made you. You look are good. great. Oh, you dude, please. Paul, you've, you've uh, I mean, you changed my life big time. And, uh, you know, just even just, I mean, stand-up wise now. It's like I've been busting my ass for seven years. Now I get to headline around the country nice. because oh, of this. I mean, very happy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, uh, and, awesome. you know, all the opportunities. It's, um, I can't thank you, do you. Do you realize how many middle-aged women are just trying to touch his face? <laughs> sure. Knowing that it's been in Sandra Bullock's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just like, oh, some of that. I told you, yeah. I, I, and I'm getting, I'm sure that you, it's the same for you. People coming out of the woodworks with the, uh, right, uh, with the success of stuff, like, right, that you haven't seen or talked to oh, in a while. Not, yeah. It's nice. And it is nice. And then I think I mentioned this the other day uh, when we were doing the commentary about how a buddy of mine called. Didn't even say, hey, how you doing? I haven't talked to him oh. in probably six years. And he just goes, dude, Bullock's boobs, go. <laughs> like, start talking what they smell like. It was just like, whoa. I like you sent me a nice note that said some guy from Facebook, uh, one of your old bullies, uh, wrote you. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What did what, they say? Just, I mean, it was just... Uh, God, well, a couple of them have. Which one did I reference in the notes? You, you were very nonspecific. You just said you told them to go fuck themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was jokingly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but he, yeah. Nice to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but no, he just was, uh, it was a kid who used to 
push. Well, he called me fat a lot. Jello Jiggler. Mm. He was a kid who called me Jello Jiggler. He was the Jello Jiggler. Which we decided would be a great McDonald's <laughs> villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or just the Jello Jiggler. Or a, a guy who, you know, when Hamburglar had the day off, yeah. the Jello Jiggler was around. <laughs> Maybe it was play by Cosby. You know, I got the Jello, but I also make fun of fat kids. You know, uh, but, but it's been truly an honor to have you here. Thank look you, up uh, for all of our listeners. Look up Paul Feig on IMDb. Go through just the entire catalog of his stuff. Yeah, watch it all. It's all good. Go see the heat. Go see yes, the heat. Definitely. Uh, buy his again. Buy his DVD box sets for freaks and geeks and all that. Available on Amazon.com. Where you can go to BradWilliamsComedy.com. Click oh, the Amazon Jesus. banner. That nice. Plug. I like oh, that. you like that well one? Well done, sir. And then buy all of his stuff on cool. Amazon.com. And then your purchases on. Uh, Amazon, we get a portion of that. The About Last, last Night Show does. Yes, so, nice. Uh, I like this. Paul, Paul Feig, unbelievable. Yeah, come, back, come back anytime. Brad, yeah, Adam, please. thank you. I had so much fun. Oh, this was, this was a blast. The and we came up with a lot of great musical ideas. <laughs> My God. I think the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and No Joke, That I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, that or just the yep. show about Shalom, I'm Small, like something. <laughs> yep. My whole slate is filled. <laughs> I literally have projects to like die. It's very exciting. In 2020. <laughs> Perfect. Well, where can uh, people find you on Twitter? You're big on Twitter and Vine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I don't do as many Vines as I like to, but I love Vine. I, I'm at Paul Feig on both of them. You're hilarious with your Vines. You're one of the Thank few you, people uh, I follow, and uh, you did one in a London bathroom once. It was really funny to me. <laughs> There's a whole London bathroom series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, you're, so. in the, you're in the bathroom a lot taking videos of yourself, yeah, Paul. Yeah, it's really, like uh, my, yeah. I just record the biggest shits I can. That's really my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and the first one was unaccompanied minors. Oh, oh nice. Nice. Wow. Yes. Nice. Wow. And he's done. never and coming I mean, back. Don't get me wrong. My Jesus career's dead Christ. now. Yeah, but God, it was, I, like your, I like your spunk, kid. <laughs> it was worth the joke. God, this motherfucker can never turn down a joke. God. Like Paul Feig, uh, on behalf the of... podcast is over. My career's over. I have to Whatever. go back to Universal Studios and play Wolverine, you fucking midget. It God was, damn it. It was worth the joke. This is... Been, all right, I'm... I'm on behalf of Adam Ray, Paul Feig, I am Brad Williams. This has been the About Last Night Show. Please try to remember our names in the morning. Thank you, fellas. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> if you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.